Today on the Primacy of Grace, we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in celebrating this new season of the Church's year. Brethren in Christ, Laudetu Jesus Christus in Secula. This is Timothy Flanders of the Meaning of Catholic. Jesus is King. Welcome to the Primacy of Grace. This is a weekly show where we imitate St. Anthony of the Desert. As laymen and women, we share the wisdom that we have gained from trial and error, trial and fire, sharing with one another in a time of spiritual fatherlessness. As And we promote uh, the Fellowship of St. Anthony, which is our group of our lay penance sodality, which is offering up penance for the clergy and seminarians. That's a part of our guild. Uh, if you want to be a part of the guild, patreon.com slash meaning of Catholic. If you can't afford it, feel free to contact me and uh, we can get you connected. We also on the guild, we're focusing more on practical steps to economically fight against the Marxists and in the month of June and ahead of uh economic downturns and recessions and collapses that are happening to the Western Hemisphere and beyond. So in half an hour, we'll have our Guild family stream that'll be talking about money management, talking about finances. I will share some things that I've learned the hard way, and hopefully you can share things with me and we can all help each other as what is the purpose of the Guild. So let's talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've, we're entering into the greatest the greatest in terms of the largest, longest season of the year, which is the time after Pentecost. This is just another season of the year, which is defined by the Holy Spirit. We have celebrated the actions, the, the actions of Christ, the actions of God in breaking the power of the devil, overcoming the work of Satan by destroying death, rising, being exalted to the right hand of the Father, and then sending the Holy Spirit and this is, above all, the season of charity, the season in which we must grow and work to grow in our spiritual life, to grow in charity in the Holy Spirit. So we talk about the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? That's what we're going to touch on today. I was just reading this document from the International Theological Commission uh, from 1989. This is called The Interpretation of Dogma. And it had this great line about the Holy Spirit, and it said this, the Spirit produces the great works of salvation. He calls and inspires the prophets who explain these works. He raises up a people who acknowledge them in faith and witness them. In the fullness of time, he brings about the incarnation of God's eternal word. Through baptism, he constructs the church, the body of Christ, and always brings to its mind the words, deeds, and person of Jesus Christ, and it guides her to the fullness of truth. So the, the work of the Holy Spirit, as we say in the Creed, he was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. And became man. And so the work of the Holy Spirit constructs the church through baptism and brings to the mind of the church the person of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit confects the Eucharist. The Holy Spirit makes the church exist through baptism, but in the Holy Spirit, incarnating once again, in a sense, the, the confection of the Holy, the, um, Holy Sacrament. Uh, and in the in the Greek rite, for example, there's the epiklesis, which calls upon the Holy Spirit to come down upon the gifts to transform them into the body and blood of Christ. There's a similar rite. Also, there's a similar prayer in the Roman rite. There's a, a prayer for the Holy Spirit to come down during the offertory prayers as well. Um, and so the work of the Holy Spirit is in constructing the church and bringing 
the church to Christ and thus to the Father. So we're talking about today the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit is based on two scriptural variants. We talk about scriptural variants in my book, Introduction to the Holy Bible. That's why scriptural variants are so important, because there can be entire doctrines that are just based on these variants in scripture. And there's two different variants of scripture. One is in Isaiah 11, and the other one is in Galatians. And that's where we get the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you're looking in your Bible and wondering why, why are there nine fruits of the Holy Spirit and not 12, that's the, the variant. So the comes uh, we go to the, um, the Liturgy of the Home calendar, which is beautifully depicts this doctrine in a, in a, in a beautifully graphic way um, in this calendar. So the, the, we have the, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are up top here. Wisdom understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and the fear of the Lord. So if you're looking in your Bible at Isaiah 11 and it doesn't have seven, it's because it's a variant. And these, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but one tradition is to commemorate these on every day of the week. There's seven of them. There's seven days of the week. And then um, the Harrison family has this beautiful depiction of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, uh, which represent the perfection of the spiritual life. When the spiritual life, when the, the suffering of the cross becomes sweetness, that is when the spiritual life is perfected and brings forth these fruits of the Holy Spirit, which are charity, joy, peace, patience, benignity or kindness, goodness, Longanimity, which is waiting for good things, mildness or gentleness, faith, modesty, continency, and chastity. So those are the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. So I want to read how the, the gifts in particular, uh, the doctrine of St. Thomas, and in particular, we're going to read from Gary Lagrange here. He, this is from three, age of the, uh, three Ages of the Interior Life. Spiritual Classics of the 20th Century, page 72. This is, sort of, this is volume one. He says this. We see that the gifts of the Holy Ghost are not acts or actual motions or passing helps of grace, but rather qualities or permanent, permanent infused dispositions which render a man promptly docile to divine inspirations. And he just had my two-year-old has a comment. <clears throat> so Peter song says nice chair thank you yes my brother-in-law okay so Gary Lagrange says 
Uh, so they are qualities or permanent infused dispositions, which are a, a habitus, which render a man promptly docile to divine inspirations. So the, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to the doctrine of the church, are these permanent dispositions rendering us docile to the movements of divine inspiration. Gergou Lagrange continues, Leo XIII in the encyclical Divinum Illud Munus, which we quoted at length, etc., etc., places his approval on this manner of conceiving of the gifts. They dispose a man to obey the Holy Ghost promptly as sails prepare a ship to follow the impulse of a favorable wind. By this passive docility, the gifts help us to produce those excellent works known as the Beatitudes. From this point of view, the saints are like great sailing vessels, which, under full sail, properly catch the impelling force of the wind. The art of navigation teaches a mariner how and when he most opportunely spreads his sails to profit by a favorable breeze. So this, and keeping with the analogy of the Holy Spirit as the wind, in Greek and Latin, the word spiritus or pneuma means spirit and wind. It's the same word. It's a synonym. So when we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, St. Thomas teaches us that these are the perfections of the virtues. And we talked in the very beginning of this series about wisdom months ago. We talked about how St. Thomas mentions that wisdom is the perfection of charity. This is from Gary Lagrange's book. This is a graphic that he has in his book, which describes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So on the, on the right-hand side, you can see the, the corresponding virtues, faith, charity, hope, prudence, religion, and temperance. And then on the left side, it says that these gifts perfect these different aspects. So first we have, uh, I mentioned wisdom. Wisdom is the perfection of charity. When we are perfected in charity, charity is uniting us with God. So that when we are united with God, we have the perfection of charity, which is wisdom, which allows us to judge divine things. And so he, so first of all, we, we just go back to the left-hand side. He, he just splits them up into sort of the higher and the lower gifts uh, of these seven gifts. And so the, the upper four uh, are the perfecting of the understanding enlightened by faith. So the, for the penetration of the truth, that is the gift of understanding, which perfects the virtue of faith. So the virtue of faith, you, we receive the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity in uh, baptism, but then in confirmation, that gift is sealed, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us, which are able, which are able to perfect those virtues. So it, it's really, God is, there was an article we just published at 1 Peter 5 about the Holy Spirit in the garden of the soul, in the sense that God God is really, he is our gardener. He is growing us. And this is how he grows us just as a child grows. Our soul grows in Christ in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, is, the, is the animating life force of the, sp the spiritual organism is what Gagliel Grange calls it, the spiritual organism. And so then he says, uh, there, are th there are three further gifts to judge. So the understanding is really the, the, the penetration of truth. And then to judge divine things is the perfection of charity, which is wisdom. To judge created things is the perfection of hope, which is knowledge. So knowledge perfects hopes, understanding perfects charity. And then we have counsel, 
is the gift of counsel, which which perfects prudence. So counsel is in the in the novena to the Holy Spirit. It speaks of counsel being the sort of supernatural prudence, which allows you to truly see God's will in a given moment. Counsel and prudence uh, perfected allows you to see that will. And then that brings us also to the um, the gifts below, which perfect the will and the sensitive appetites. So we have sort of the intellective gifts on the top and then the will and the sensitive appetites on the bottom. Uh, and so piety perfects the virtue of religion. The virtue of religion is to give to God his due. And then the uh, fortitude, for, the, we have the gift of fortitude and the virtue of fortitude. And this is against the fear of danger. So especially the martyrs were given the gift of fortitude because they had a supernatural fortitude, which allowed them to endure great torments. And then finally, the the gift of the fear of the Lord, which is against disorderly concupiscences. So this is, these are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as I said, the uh, a good tradition that I was given by one abbot was to beseech the Lord to increase and perfect the gifts of the Holy Spirit every day. So in the divine office, if you, if you pray the divine office, for example, um, there is the, at the hour of terse, which is the, uh, the third, the, not the third hour, but the, it is the third hour, but it's the, it's like 9am basically. Um, that's the hour of terse. And at that hour, there's a hymn called, um, I don't know what it's called in Latin, but it's, um, come Holy Ghost for, uh, with God, the son and God, father, everyone shed forth thy grace within our breast and dwell with us already guests. So it's like, it's asking for the Holy spirit because the Holy spirit was poured out at the, at the third hour. The third hour of the day, uh, as uh, the book of Acts talks about, it, it was the third hour when uh, the Holy Spirit was given. The third hour is 9 a.m. And so it's at terse in the, in the divine office where you be, beseech the Holy Spirit. And you can ask for the Holy Spirit to perfect these gifts every single day. And every day is devoted to one of these gifts. So the perfection of wisdom is on Sunday. So Sunday is wisdom. Monday is understanding. Tuesday is counsel. Um, Wednesday, which also corresponds to St. Joseph Day, fortitude. Uh, we also have knowledge in, in a particular way. Uh, Thursday can be devoted to the Blessed Sacrament as well. And then Friday is piety and Saturday, the fear of the Lord. And so every single day you can ask the Holy Spirit to perfect these gifts every single day. We also, uh, if you, for example, if you pray the, if you pray the full rosary every day, you could also do every, every time you pray the glorious mysteries every day, you ask for that, that gift of the Holy Spirit that day. So that's one custom that, that one can adopt. Um, here's some, a few comments here. Peter says, unconvinced charismatics call upon the Holy Spirit when they actually do a course to learn to speak in tongues, which is completely unintelligible to most people. Uh, Andrea says, I guess charismatics try to imitate the apostles who spoke in tongues after they received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Lay people should pray the divine office. I wonder. Um, praying to the divine office is not a custom of the lay of lay people, um, but it's certainly a permissible custom. Um, praying of the rosary is more common, of course, but um, lay people can and there are there's a, such a thing as oblates to monasteries. For example, the Hildebrands were um, oblates, Benedictine oblates. So you can become an oblate to a monastery, and then you would pray divine office 
or you can be a third hour third, third order or something. Um, but I wanted to touch on the uh, charismatic gifts that like a hair, <laughs> uh, the charismatic gifts. Now, Gary Lugrange touches on this on page 78. And he says this, um, this life is more precious than sight, than physical life, this life, the spiritual life, eternal life uh, begun in us. He says, uh, we can see now the value of this spiritual organism, which is eternal life begun in us. This life is more precious than sight, than physical life, than the use of reason in this sense, that the loss of the use of reason does not deprive the just man of his this treasure, which death itself cannot snatch from us. This grace of the virtues and gifts is also more precious than the gift of miracles or of tongues or of prophecy. For these charismata are, so to speak, only exterior supernatural signs, which can point out the way that leads to God, but cannot unite us to him as sanctifying grace and charity can. And so the, um, the charismatic gifts are extraordinary gifts of grace of the Holy Spirit, which are in some sense miraculous, which turn into signs which are meant to point others to Christ. So they are basically signs that are worked in, in an individual Christian as a means that God would make a sign for others to believe. And so they are not, in fact, uniting one's own soul to God. And so this is why Gary the Guru Grange views them, aligned align with St. Paul, as lesser gifts. Uh, I, we mentioned in the beginning of charity, and, and we've all heard the, the great sublime passage of 1 Corinthians 13, which is where um, St. Paul speaks of charity. He says, uh, love is patient, love is kind, et cetera, et cetera, uh, it, it, which ends with these three remain faith, hope, and charity. The greatest of these is charity. Well, that passage is after 1 Corinthians 12, which speaks about these charismata, these charismatic gifts. And so he says, I will show you a most a more excellent way. And then he lays out charity. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but hath not charity, I am nothing. I am only a tinkling symbol, he says. And so the church proposes to us and, and pours out in the Holy Spirit, in the sacrament of confirmation, these gifts of the Holy Spirit, which perfect the soul in Christ. And souls are not given, nor should they seek charismatic gifts because it is a recipe for pride uh this is a opening of to the devil if you try to seek out a charismatic gift because it is a recipe it's it's saying that it's first of all it's saying to god that you're worthy of such gifts uh that i you know i have attained some higher spiritual realm so therefore god give me these greater gifts um but they're not greater they're actually lesser um, but it, it is an act of pride to ask for something like that it's not something that's necessary for your salvation so no one has a right to some sort of charismatic happening. So it's a recipe for pride. And uh, it's also in reverse. St. Paul says, seek the higher gifts, which are these, the, the wisdom, knowledge, counsel, fortitude, etc. Those are the higher gifts that God gives us in the sacrament of confirmation. So in, in the time after Pentecost, this is the time of our spiritual life where we must enter into this life of the spirit that has been poured out on the church to construct the church. And so this is where we ask the Holy Spirit to perfect his gifts within us. So then we can produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If we don't have the fruits of the Holy Spirit, we are not emanating a Christian life. We're not 
preaching the gospel with our words and deeds and our actions. We need to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, etc. We need to be emanating things, especially online, especially on the internet. We need to be emanating this, this love, joy, peace. If we're not emanating love, joy, peace, then we're blocking the, the, the action of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we really need to be, uh, we need to ask God and do penance, ask God for the grace, do penance to merit the graces necessary to have this perfection of the Holy Spirit, the perfection of the virtues, the perfection of the gifts to produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The fruits of the Holy Spirit really are the measure of a Christian. And so we need to be really focused on this, especially on the internet where so much of the internet can be uh, turning us into the opposite of spiritual organism, but an organism of the devil. So let us pray. Let's ask our lady, the mediatrix of all graces to obtain for us this grace, the perfection of charity, the perfection of the Holy spirit. We'll do our guild stream in about 10 minutes. Once again, we'll do financial management. So, uh, guild members, please uh, tune in for that in just a minute. Um, and oh, let's see, I got one more question actually I actually want to address here. Um, Peter Song says, how do we ask the Holy Spirit? Is there a specific prayer? Uh, yes, there are uh, many such prayers. Um, but uh, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and kindle, them, kindle in them the fire of thy love. That is a, a common refrain. I think that's the... I believe that's the Alleluia every single day of the Pentecost octave. Uh, but you can also just pray the glorious mysteries, the, the third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit. Uh, our Father, Ten Hail Marys, and a, and a glory be, asking the Holy Spirit for these intentions, the intentions of, of the salvation of your soul. So, but come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and kindle in them the fire of thy love. That's a, a common Western prayer. There's also the Eastern prayer, uh, that we've said before, that's the prayer said at the beginning of the divine of the uh, divine liturgy. That one goes like this: um, O heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who art in all places and fillest all things, Treasurer of blessings and Giver of life, come and abide in us and cleanse us from every stain and save our souls, O good one. Uh, so it's a little bit more uh, wordy, as as the Greeks like to be. Latins like to be very succinct. Um, but uh, I mean, maybe it can be just as simple as "Come, Holy Spirit." Uh, that's that's a simple way as well. Uh, another, um, oh yeah, Andrea, thanks, brother. Uh, he he's mentioning litanies of the Holy Spirit are beautiful to end the rosary. Um, there's also um, the other aspect is that um, in the the Greek text of the New Testament, in the Gospel of Saint Luke, there's a, a a scriptural variant which talks about how when we pray the Our Father, we we, it is a Trinitarian prayer because we say our father who art in heaven, the father, hallowed be thy name, which is Jesus Christ, the son of God, the name, and then thy kingdom come. The kingdom is identified as the Holy Spirit. And in fact, in the, so in the um, Greek text of the, of St. Luke's gospel, it has a variant where it says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kim, let thy Holy Spirit come upon us and sanctify us. And so that's the early church's understanding of thy kingdom. Thy kingdom come is actually let thy Holy Spirit come upon us and sanctify us. So that's another beautiful way of, of calling upon the Holy Spirit. It's just thy kingdom come. 
because the kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit. Our, our Lord says, if I drive out, if I drive out spirits by the kingdom of God, the Holy, the, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Um, and so we have this under, uh, under understanding of the Holy Spirit is in the, our, in the, our father. So with all that, let's, let's pray a Hail Mary once again for this intention of the Holy Spirit. In nomine Patris et Fidi, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum diarbus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. In nomine Patris et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Jesus is King. Amen.